assembly required, but listener's discretion is advised. Sit back, enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe or follow. Now, let's not keep you waiting. It's time to welcome your hosts of TNT Podcast, Tara and Tina. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of TNT Podcast. This is episode 27, Simple Speed and Performance with your hosts, the beautiful Tina and myself, Tara. You can follow us on Instagram at TNT Podcast Show or subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we are available on all the listening platforms as well. Also, just a shout out to anybody that's watching, maybe you're listening, uh, we do appreciate you. So uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, so just before we introduce uh, our next guest, just want to give a quick shout out to our friend Gary Rudy of DreCoach.com. Whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, uh, Gary's got you covered at the track. Um, he offers different packages. He'll travel. Um, he Gary really knows his stuff. So reach out to Gary uh, for any help that you want. Um, so let's introduce uh, our next guest. This is the team behind Simple Speed and Performance. Uh, John is uh, a known legend in the Mopar community uh, for his transmission builds, uh, along with his badass wife. Um, so let's not wait any further. And everybody, welcome Mr. John and Jessica Sipple to the show. Thanks for joining Yay. us, everybody. Hi, <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. Hi, Gary. <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, we had you on last year uh, yep. when we did the couples in drag mm -hmm. racing series. So. Uh, welcome back and thanks for coming Thank you. back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just want to slip it into that uh, Tina's actually running in mom car, uh, a simple trans. So. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we finally uh, got, we had a transfer case in it first, and then uh, the stock trans decided to leave the chat, so we had to quickly get her one. <laughs> you went through a lot. Huh. It went through a lot. That's yeah, the whole thing went through a lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's sure did. She's yeah. doing, doing good now. So, yeah. Yeah. To see that thing go a little faster. Yeah. We'll see. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> before we get into some of John's history and stuff, uh, like, how did you guys meet? How did you get together? I mean, just I'm assuming, too, you were into cars prior to meeting John, maybe. And, uh, like, how did this all come about? Go ahead. Oh, I get to go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we're both. She wants to see if you're getting the story correct. Yeah. Right. So okay. be very careful. All right. So for this girl. Point, I may screw this up. However, okay. so there was this Facebook group. It was called Mopar USA. Mm -hmm. And back in 2014, I joined it and she was already a member of it. And it was just one of those things where we, chat a little bit here and there nothing crazy just you know we comment on each other's stuff we became facebook friends or whatever and i guess throughout the years it just progressed you know it started off as this innocent little oh you know making fun of each other teasing or commenting or what have you and fast forward to 2018 it was like uh maybe we should meet you know and one thing led to another and she came to visit 2019 for a couple weeks. No, the end of 2018. It was the end of 2018. So where were you located, Jess, at the time? I was in Wisconsin at that point. Okay. Uh, yeah, I moved to Wisconsin. It was a mistake, but well, we won't go there. It was a happy um, mistake. Yeah, I mean, it was, because if I, if I hadn't moved there, I would have never met John. Yeah. But right. anyways, needless to say, I was always into, like, cars, but I always went to, like, car shows and stuff with my dad growing up, because he had the old 50 Plymouth Dodges, DeSotos, and I was like, well, I'm going to be the black sheep of the family, and I tried to go Chevy, and I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> and um, so then I went back to Mopar. So. I didn't hold it against her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I still have a Camaro. I got a 91 RS. We're going to make it into a baby pro mod one of these days, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be Hemi powered too. By the yeah, way. We'll, we'll cut that one up, make it badass. Yeah, 
And you guys are located in North Carolina? Yep. Right? Just north of Charlotte and Mooresville, North Carolina. Okay. And you both drag race? We both um, drag race. So <laughs> You put me in anything, I'll race that. I don't care. Oh, man. So, yeah. Here's one of the bad Oh, yeah. There's apples. I'm missing him so bad. You yeah, have no idea. I got to I gotta get off my ass and get that thing back. So that's Tigger. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So we obviously I've been drag racing my whole life. So when Jessica came into the picture, I was I had my Hellcat. I was drag racing it. And she would come and take help pictures. out in the pits and take pictures and was all into that. And my buddy Julian had Tigger. And he had traded him in on a, a 1320 car. Sublime Green. So oh. Julian had traded this car in. Well, it was cammed. It had headers. It had all this crap on it. It sat at the dealership for months. Nobody would touch it. They were scared to death of it because it was, you know, turned up. Oh. And history unknown, you know, it's just the dealership did a very poor job at portraying this vehicle. So we were at uh, a breast cancer benefit car show. And Julian was there and we were there hanging out or whatever. And I just happened to ask him, like, Julian, do, do you do you know if that car is still for sale? He goes, oh, yeah, it's just sitting over there on, on the lot. I'm like, really? Because I was thinking about, you know, getting her into drag racing. Mm-hmm. I had the Magnum, but I wasn't ready to race it because it was my daily. So. Yeah, she was daily in the Magnum at the time. So it was like, uh, let's find something else that we can just race. If we break it, no big deal. Right. Right. So. I go to the dealership and literally steal this car because it had sat there for so long. It was on their floor plan. They just wanted it gone. So yeah. I gave them a ridiculous number and they took it. So that's how we became owners of Tigger. Um, and Julian had it set up more for like Tale of the Dragon and, and stuff like that. So it really wasn't a dedicated drag car. Julian drag raced it, of course, but it wasn't set up exactly right for a drag car. So it was kind of like half and half. And uh, he had been bottom 11s in it, um, I think once or twice. You know, he was contemplating putting nitrous on it or whatever. So he never did. So I ended up getting the car and started changing some things. And lo and behold, we got it in the 10s after doing a couple of things. Not, nothing crazy, but we got it in the high 10s. And then she started making passes in it. That, that was the end of that, man. She, <laughs> she was Eric, hooked. She was hooked. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Eric Storms helped us out, too, with getting it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's been a bunch of people who have helped along the way, you know. But that's with the old motor. I mean, like, now the new motor, that's all been Tim Barthes. Yeah, Tim's been mm-hmm. on the keys on that one. But uh, it's just been a wild journey watching her get in that car for the first time, running 11s, and then it just you know, into the tens, now the bottom tens. And, you know, we had high hopes for Tigger this spring, but unfortunately our camshaft selection was not favorable for the five, seven PCM that we were running. And uh, we are going to try one last ditch effort. Yeah. Tim's got an idea. We're going to try in the next couple of weeks, but with the car running very angry, I managed a nine fifty five out of it in Orlando on the baby tune on the, just the, Base tune like here you go. Let's see what kind of data we can get. Mm-hmm. So the car's got potential. It's going to fly when we get it on, ironed out. So yep. wow, yeah. that's then awesome. the other car, yeah. <laughs> the backup race car. Yeah, they... <laughs> well, John, you've got uh, you've got your own beast too. Yeah, yeah. That that car's come a long way. Um, gosh, I bought that thing brand new off the showroom floor at Hendrick Dodge in Concord, North Carolina, and. Yeah, that, that's that car will always be in the family. You know, it's just one of those deals. I had a six-speed Hellcat, and um, me and Bill Gamble kind of mixed it up a little bit there with the world records. And you know, I I threw nitrous at a stock Hellcat and just beat the brakes off that damn thing. We got it in the ten sixties mm-hmm. uh, with nothing more than a hundred shot on a stock motor and a K and N drop-in filter. So but back then, I mean, there really wasn't anything going on quite yet with the Hellcats. It was all new. You know, it's yeah. all like a Everybody was like, well, what do we do with this thing? I was yeah. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking spray nitrous on it. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> well, uh, how do you know until you try, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was hands on. It was pretty cool to get a manual car that heavy 
mm-hmm. uh, into the tens. That was pretty badass. I, I really enjoyed that car, but being the drag racer I am, it was very inefficient and very right. inconsistent. So I traded it in and got the orange car, and uh, it's been totally awesome. I love that car to death. But yeah. it's definitely gone through some changes, you know. Yeah. Especially recently. So. Yeah. And last year you added uh, this to the to the fleet. Oh yeah, yeah having was, some fun. Uh, that, that was last summer. Last summer. Yeah, August. I would yeah. say. I think August. Yeah, we added that one last August. But I actually just raced that at the NMCA race that yeah. was at Rockingham. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's supposed to be the daily, which is not a daily anymore. It's now a stickered up race car. But yes, we'll have to buy another car for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've even had this year, you had something pretty cool come along. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, blue by you. Got to say thank you, Tim Holmberg. Yeah, that was a that was a happy mistake from uh, Mr. Holmberg. Gary says the snack hawk. <laughs> the snack hawk. Yeah, that's funny. What's Bogler saying? Oh, listen, I'm dying because they're talking about like um, World of Warcraft and Elder Scrolls, and I'm like, I'm all over here like Diablo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, Bogler is actually chiming in about the lack of support and tuning back in twenty. 20- 2007 yeah mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine the the shit they those guys went through back then you know him yeah there wasn't near yeah there wasn't you know the stuff that's out now yeah. um definitely so, a lot easier to go this you know this day and age than it was way back when oh yeah right yeah <laughs> i'm dying a, over pat's comment pat pat is just pat, so we were pretty much so not to go off subject but diablo 4 is coming out june 6th so like at night and stuff you're gonna be like where's jessica and i'm gonna be on the computer gaming gotcha yeah i'm a nerd like that a lot of people don't know it but i am whatever well there you go that's okay love um, you too nancy yeah. popular, man. love you linda's <laughs> that's plural oh it's plural oh so you're a linda now too huh <laughs> Oh, all right. I guess Tina's got to change her name to Nancy. Yeah. Oh no. No, 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 no. Um, well, John, like take us back to the beginning. Like what was going on prior to simple speed and performance and even before that, um, uh, and I mean, all the roads back, lead us to far, where we are. So how far back you want to go? So as far back as you want. All right, I'm just going to touch on this briefly. I'm sorry, Pat. MSH is Diablo server. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> I started messing with cars when I was 12 years old. Bought my first car out of the salvage yard down the street from my house. It was a 68 Firebird 400 four-speed. It was wrecked, but it was 80% complete. I drug it to the house. Basically... Got a children's book and a basic toolkit. Took that car apart, put it together. I don't know how many times, and I pretty much taught myself how to work on cars with that car. And it had a M20 wide ratio four speed in it, Muncie four speed in it. And I was intrigued, you know. So I would take that thing apart, figure stuff out, and I never did get that one together quite right. But that was a start, you know. I was 12 years old, so I always had a fascination with transmissions and that led to technical school after high school, which led to a dealership job. Started working for Chrysler back in 93. Obviously, in, in 93, they came out with this 41T transmission. It was four-speed automatic in the caravans and shadows and lancers and all kinds of stuff. And they were total garbage. So I made a lot of money building transmissions for Chrysler in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> So that's pretty much where I got my career jump start. And uh, I've been building transmissions, I can't even think, 32 years or whatever. But I've always been performance oriented. I've always had drag cars. You know, I've been drag racing since I was 16 years old. So, you know, when I was at the dealership building 41 TEs during the day, I was building power glides and 400s at night with shift kits, you know, big stalls and alto reds and all that bullshit so i kind of just came up into it building transmissions and i had taken a break for a little while i guess 
in 2011, I think it was, I went to work for RK Motors in Charlotte, which was a classic car dealership, pretty renowned, pretty big classic car dealership. And um, I turned my skills onto, you know, classic cars and all the stuff that goes with that. And that is a totally different ball game. And I've restored several cars through my career, but RK was like the nine to five. I'm going to work on classics day in and day out. And I got roped into building transmissions there, too. So we were doing 727s, 904s, 400s, 350s, Paraglides, C6, C4, Muncie's, top loaders, all that shit. So I still stayed in the game building transmissions through that. And um, so from 2011 to 2019, I went from a technician at RK Motors to VP of sales at RK Motors and was basically number two in charge of the company. Uh, when I decided to leave. So I left because of Jessica. She recognized that I wasn't happy. I was making tons of money. I had a cushy job. I was overweight, out of shape. But, I, you know, I wasn't, there was something missing, right? So right. I'm, I'm a very driven individual. I'm, a, I'm sure people have seen me at the track. They've seen me out and about. I'm, I'm I've not, seen you. I'm not one to sit around, right? So I had gotten a little lazy at RK and Jessica's like, you know, you're just not happy. I just you need to do something different. And we had the shop here at the house. COVID was just ramping in. And he had already told me what he had thought about doing, you know, with the business. And yeah. And and at that time I'd already started messing with the Hellcats A8 because I had broken like five of them. Uh, once I started getting below like 940s, we started breaking them quite often. And at that time, it was 10 grand to get a transmission. And, uh, you know, once you have four or five of those laying on the floor of the garage, you need to make a decision. Something's got to give. So that's when I dove in and started messing with the AAs to figure out what we could do to actually get this thing to live <clears throat> with big power. You know, and then big power at that time was like, I think we laid down 963, and that was like, Oh my God, what the hell are we doing? You know, but of course now that's like a, Oh, you're 900 package, whatever. Oh, but that's a baby package. Yeah, right? a baby package. But it's like, Holy shit. You know, back then it was like, yeah. that's a lot of freaking power. It's a big right. deal. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was totally her, you know, she pushed me and we came up with the name simple speed and performance. And at that time, and I were, we're in 2020, I was doing everything. I was doing bolt ons and, you know, packages and custom work. And I built a couple race cars and man, it just got overwhelming for a little one man shop. You know, there's a lot going on. Plus trying to get the transmission stuff ironed out for these Hellcats. There's a lot going on. So. Yeah. Uh, and actually uh, a, a good friend of yours, Mr. Tim Barth told mm -hmm. us that, um, and, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but you took over a year testing these transmissions, pulling them apart, yep. putting them back together, doing yep. another test, pulling it apart, putting it back together. Uh, yep. Like that takes a lot of determination and yes, work. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of money, a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. You know, HP tuners had unlocked the TCMs probably eight or nine months before we started messing with them seriously. And, um, so, you know, Tim was already tuning on HP. Well, he wasn't tuning. He was actually on Diablo at that time. But John Green at Mass Acceleration Motorsports was tuning HP tuners on the A8s. And my car at that time was the test, the guinea pig, if you will. But John was playing with shift timing and clutch pressures and all kinds of stuff, you know, trying to make the stock one live. And uh, John did a great I was job. A test. Yeah, I was the test. No, me. Scott said I was a test. <laughs> Scott was a test. Yeah, that was a great test. That was out really well. And I gotta say, I love it. Different type of test. Yeah, Tim was still on doing Diablo stuff, but uh, we would put a file in, just drive the shit out of the car, go to the track, make hits, whatever, take transmission apart, and I'd call and be like, "Hey, man, the D clutches." junk we need to do something here and he changed and put it back together do the same thing and this went on and on and on and on um 
but it, it just that's the kind of work you have to do when you're in uncharted territory you know? right like, mm -hmm. what, i was gonna ask on? what kind of stuff you were seeing by just like not normal wear and tear but like right. what well, stuff you were seeing as you were going along danny mortison uh his car was making absurd power at the time powered it i don't think a lot of guys were seeing yet uh in a full bolt-on car this was just a you know it was a tkm uh mm -hmm. stroker engine actually at that time it was a tkm engine but it was stock cubes so stock displacement but it had tie-tech bare heads and had a kenny bell this massive kenny bell on it and stuff and that the torque would come on so violently in that car it would literally blow through the converter um and that was you know that was awesome data to catch because once we saw what was happening with that converter, it's like, oh man, now we need to look at, you know, converters and this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's just, it's amazing the the journey that we took to get this transmission right. And there's a ton of people along the way, you know, that helped. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's a, a process. In yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy, but... Uh, Tim was very instrumental in that. Brian Carter, uh, huge, huge help to me. Uh, he was at Suncoast at the time, and you know that's where all the converter technology came from. Was the testing that Brian did, the blood, sweat, and tears he put into it. Because as I was developing, you know, my program, Brian was on the converters. They were putting converters in his car like every other week, testing this, testing that, and coming up with stator designs and. So, you know, having that partnership and friendship was really helpful to me as well. I couldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without Brian Carter, as for damn sure. You know, he definitely played a big role in helping. Um, and, you know, as, and on the, on the other side of that, the shops that took a chance on me in the beginning, you know, like Scott at AMP and Tim Barth, you know, Tim and I hooked up at, uh, was it Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah, it was Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had unfortunately had a transmission like explode on him and catch on fire. Oh, and wow. It wasn't in a customer vehicle. He was in a customer's mm -hmm. car and the case, it exploded literally. And he was on fire on the, on the back, you know, mm -hmm. back side of the track. It, it was pretty scary. But uh, after that, that's when he and I really started working hard together to figure it out because that wasn't cool, you know. No. Um, but yeah, there's so much stuff we've learned uh, in this journey, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think where we were three years ago. Yeah. Know, with all this. But uh, yeah, I got to, I got to thank Scott big time because, you know, he called me one day and he's like, hey, man, um, I'm about ready to do something stupid with this car called Black Betty. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got it. Okay, I asked you if this is one of your customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a customer. I didn't know about Black Betty. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's on your on your uh, Facebook page, right? So I thought, oh, that's oh it, it is the backdrop. It's our our wallpaper, if you will. Yeah, that that shot. That's my favorite shot of all time of all the pictures that I have in my collection. That that one there. That's it. That's the one. So it Black stays on. It stays on the backdrop for us. Yeah. Now, what about uh, any other platforms? So I've got a suburban. I want to go as fast as Tina's Durango in the eights. We ain't gonna happen. A transmission. <laughs> no. There are. No. Do you not work on other brands? So yeah. we're, we're right now with the, the limited staff, as small as we are. We're a niche. We're very niche. So. Right now, it's the A8 eight-speeds, the NAG ones. We have kind of trickled into the Audi market. We're doing some 55s oh, yeah. for those guys. Um, there's some developments going on with, you know, maybe some BMW stuff in the future. Audi, definitely. We have a couple Audis out there doing really well. Cool. So we're pretty happy with that side of it. Okay. And we just recently acquired a 10-speed from a Mustang. And uh, my thought is, you know, 2023 is the end of the Hemi. Yeah, we're going to be able to ride the wave for several years after yeah. this. Yeah. But 
the, the future and the longevity of simple speed performance, we have to be a little bit diversified. So I am going right. to get into the 10 speed. I'm going to figure it, that one out just like I did the A8s. And I'm probably going to buy a Mustang to have that trans so I can yeah. get out of it myself like I did with my Hellcat. Right. And mm -hmm. test it and make sure that we, we've got it right. I'll take one like Rhonda's, thank you. Yeah, we'll get one like Rhonda's. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, we want to we want to have something. So if the Hemi stuff really starts starts to fall off, we have something. Right. You've got right. something else. Exactly. And there are yeah. thousands of Mustangs. There's a ton. There. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's so, definitely a market for it. Right. There's a market for it. I just, and, you know, again, we're a very small company, so I'm trying not to blow the lid off this thing. I want to be able to right. be manageable because if if I've got so much work, I can't even do it all. It's no yeah exactly and then he's gonna start getting pissed off yeah and, and we don't yeah. we don't need that you know we we're right now we're building <laughs> what's going on hey, like, oh, hey, hey, that Pat. <laughs> nice that's a nice bike son <laughs> <laughs> that's cool uh, anyway oh, it's pretty I'm, witty he, he's a funny guy. I, uh, the hell was I even talking about? <laughs> Thanks, uh, Pat. Ten speed. Oh, the 10 speed. The Mustangs. Yes. Mustangs. Actually, Mustangs. I would let him have a Mustang and I would probably have a Camaro. Yeah. Just to, you yeah, know, just, yeah. Yeah. balance it out. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, what I different, mean, you know, builds do you offer, John? You know, and I guess it's depending on the power level and. Well, so we used to do all that and. Honestly, I just remember what the hell we were talking about. Right now, we're building about 30 transmissions a month. And mm -hmm. for as small as we are, that's we're cranking. You know what I mean? We're, we're that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So I have found that let's let's take a, a customer that has a 900 horsepower Hellcat. Calls me up, hey man, I need a transmission for my car. We talk it over, blah blah blah. Let's say a all right, here you go. Here's your price. Here's your trans. We put it in the car. Everything's mm -hmm. cool. Six months later, we get this phone call. Hey, man, um, yeah, we put that new 3.8 drag pack whipple on it. It's making 1,400 wheel. Yeah, that's not going to work anymore if you have levels, right? So we decided in the beginning, because you know how it is. You get a car. You make some passes. Man, this is badass. Hmm, I wonder if I can go faster. That's right. I wonder if I can go faster. And like, take, let's take mom car, for example. Mm -hmm. It went from stock to fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah. In a year. Right. So the point being, you're never going to stop. It's a disease. We all have it. We all embrace it. Yep. You're going to get a Hellcat and you're going to start modding it. Guess what? You ain't going to stop. Like you're going to keep on going. So we just build them one level. Badass. As badass as we can make them so that you can throw everything at it, you know. And believe you me, I try every time I take my car to the track, I try to break it. That's my goal. When I show up at the track, I'm like, I'm breaking shit. Because yeah. if I break it and figure it out and fix right. it, my customers are going to be better off. That's right. So I show up at the track and I'll say it. I'm here to break shit. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. I break shit. I never look at it that way. I always like, you know, I hope I don't break something. But if I do, we're going to learn from it. So yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I would rather exactly. take the lumps, take the loss, take the financial burden, all that mm -hmm. before my customers do. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's why right. I think that's part of the reason why we're so successful is because we actually take our stuff to the track and beat the absolute shit out of it. Mm -hmm. Hands on. You do yeah. the testing, you do everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, was there a logo change or something like that along the way? So my my logo choice in the beginning was probably not favorable. This Sorry. is this is way better. Yes. So I got to yeah. thank John Burleson for this because what started out as a drunken funny at New Year's turned into this hemi-gnome, right? So and the logo, I just I love the logo. Um, yeah, it's awesome. We it, did have the generic challenger. Yeah, I, I went with the cookie cutter silhouette of the challenger with our name in it and it right. It worked. I mean it yeah, it worked. It was the only thing I could think to come up with at the time. And I had right. somebody else pretty much come up with it for me. Yep. And then I mean, like 
I was talking to you today, Tara, about that other logo I made and like, boom, out of nowhere, I was like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. And the stuff's pretty user friendly. Now too. Yeah. But yeah. It's great. The, the, and what's the story about? Oh yeah. Behind the gnome. The All right. Yeah. So <laughs> when COVID hit and I left my cushy day job and came here to work on cars, I was like, I woke up one day and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let my beard grow. Cause I don't give a shit. Uh, right. I told you I said I wanted it to grow. Well, I know, but so oh, well, I know. So I started growing the beard, <laughs> and um, I think it was New Year's. I want to say it was New Year's 20, 20 to twenty one, and Burl's was over, and of course, you know, we're all drinking, having a good time, whatever. And he's like, "Bro, you look like a gnome. <laughs> You're the hemi gnome," and I'm like, "I'm the what?" You're the heavy gnome, and it just stuck. So, oh, that's awesome. Here we are. Yeah, it totally works. Yeah, yeah. Pat actually got us hats. There's a picture somewhere. There's, no, there's in the bus. There's a whole bag of. We got a hats. bag of gnome hats. But and, he uh, never drives one when, when or wears one when he's driving the bus. And I I'm have, like, I don't have the cojones to wear one while I'm driving. <laughs> I'd probably get arrested. Someone would say, "Pull that man over. He doesn't belong in the bus." And yeah. Get him out of there. Mm -mm. Maybe the short bus. Yeah, if it was a short bus, yeah. you better yeah. have those hats right there. Those huh. hats are in a bus, Pat. Yeah, that's funny. Off. Wow. <laughs> now, what about all-wheel drive, rear wheel, front wheel? Is there a lot of differences when you're doing builds for for those? Yeah, so the, the platform, you have the HP90, which is your rear-wheel drive version of that transmission and the 95 is for like the trx durango and track hall a um, little bit different the pump housing is different the way the v clutch strategy is totally different in the 95 versus the 90. so there's and obviously there's a transfer case that accompanies the trx durango and track hall so we also build the transfer cases um, for the durango and the track hall as well and then the the lower, like the SRT level Jeeps, the WK ones, WK ones, uh, which right now, WK one transfer case parts are really getting obsolete, and I'm starting to fear that we may not be able to offer those much longer. Okay, they're just yeah, you know, their stuff's phasing out. It's harder to get stuff. I have a stockpile, and if the right customer calls me and needs it, I'll, I'll do them, but. I don't, I don't have the stock that I had two years ago. Right. Um, 46 MV 146 stuff. So it's like, yeah. And then and with the PRX, we don't build those because they're beefy enough. Yeah, I, we haven't seen, unless you do something really outrageous, I have never seen one of those board corner units fail yet. I'm sure we're going to find it. We're going to find. Eventually, yeah. We're, someone's going to find the limit of that thing. But right now, you know, the, the cost of research development this that and the other and it's like they're not breaking so i'm not ready to right. dive into that quite yet but the the mp3010 and the 3023s they've got some issues you know we've come up with some solutions and they're they're doing quite well uh with what we're doing with them and um as i say it, it's a key component because if you got 1200 horsepower and you got a built trans and you got a stock transfer case you're Mm -hmm. time you're going to spit that thing out too so mm -hmm. you know we try to we, we call it the trifecta you get the converter the trans and the transfer case when you're dealing with a track hawk or durango do it all right. at the same time throw it in there and or wk1 too as well yeah you know yep. the wk ones we do the same thing with the nags um but the uh I would say our track hawk package is probably the most popular package we do we probably oh yeah yeah, two to three like a week at least. Two to three a week, uh, and that when ever since Tyler Connolly got in the eights with his bolt-on Trackhawk, we've just been it's been steady ever since that day. Two or three, really? Yep, and it hasn't stopped. It hasn't slowed down. We get calls every single day on that package. Um, really? Yeah, it's really incredible. Um, and you know that that where Tyler's Jeep was, it was like eight eighties. That's like the sweet spot, you know. That that's the guy who has a Trackhawk, wants to go fast, but doesn't want to go up the deep end and have a gutted beer can as a freaking Trackhawk. Yeah, that's 
Is it a track walk? Hello, right here. You know. Well, we're not guts. No, 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 no. I was saying, I mean, I just without going off the deep end. Oh, no, yeah. You know, tin canning it. But, you know, it's like, that. that's the sweet spot. Guys that want to go faster than a track walk, sure, everybody wants to go seven. But let's face it, there's safety involved. There's yeah. dollars beyond dollars involved once you get past a certain point. High eights in a track hawk is very obtainable for everybody. The stuff's out there now. The whipples are out there. There's all kinds of stuff. There's IC chillers that some itself. You can get there with boltons and not break the bank and have a great time in your track hawk. Um, and that's where we're at. We're in that sweet spot. We sell them like they're going out of style. Really? And they're a little bit lighter than the Durangos too, aren't they? About 600 pounds. I is believe. that, yeah, about 600 yeah. pounds? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what's the worst carnage you've seen on a transmission? I actually asked Jess to see if like you guys had any pictures of something. There's, he's got a lot of pictures. I got a lot of pictures. Remembering yeah. exactly, you know, he, 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 and that's the thing. Like I told him that he wanted some pictures and then I'll give you an example. There's been many. I'll yeah. count. When Michael England's transmission finally expired, um, Z had been nursing this thing along for an entire season. When we started 2021 season? Yeah, we started 2021 season. Z sent Mike an email and said, hey, man, uh, your trans is slipping a little bit. Mike's like, well, what can we do? Z said, you know, I'm going to try to get you along. We'll get you along a little bit. I'm going to do some stuff. He nursed that transmission the entire season. And, you know, we would talk. Like, Man, what do you think? I don't know. You know, and I'm, of course, I'm building transmissions for everybody else. And Mike's just poking along, you know. And we had uh, we had overbuilt that car. You know, he wanted to run 10.0. So we built him a, a mid-nine-second car to run 10.0. So we weren't killing the thing every pass. I think that's what helped. Between Z's tuning and right. the fact that we slowed the car down, he got through the end of the season. When I took that thing apart, the clearance, the clutch clearance in the C clutch was over a quarter of an inch. Quarter of an inch. <laughs> and it still yeah. worked. So wow. that, that was incredible. And I, I was like, Z, you're the man. <laughs> Thank God you got this thing to squeak. Because he won the championship, I believe, that year, too with that mm -hmm. car um, oh okay yeah yeah so yeah and of course i built the trans then and the rest is history but yeah mike mike's become the hell of a racer uh, yes in that yeah car. i've seen him in some of the events so um, that that car i built that car bumper to bumper um motor transmission axles rear you name it i've touched it Put a chiller in it. You should not say it that way. But I, yeah, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you name it. You like, like playing with trannies. So. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it up, right? I tell you, some of them are really stinky, too. But I, I do have to give a big shout out to Tim and Rhonda Barth. I love you guys and can't wait to see you. That's right. Yeah. His comment, I seen it. It was about, you know, there's no better transmission then yeah. that our family, the Sipples, you know. <laughs> yes, I have to still meet Mr. Barth in in person uh, mm -hmm. someday. Uh, but uh, it's it's amazing just all the help and the support within that community. I think that's you know yep. part of why I love it so much. Um, uh, Tim Tim's a great guy. I've uh -huh. shirt off his back. He's uh he's definitely been key in a lot of the strategies and tuning and just support. And, right. You know we. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that a lot of people probably don't understand or know about that make the Hemi world tick. And um, you'd be surprised how many people talk to each other behind the scenes. And, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're fortunate to say we, we build for 72 shops worldwide. Yeah, I was going to ask if your and, transmissions are offered uh, at other, other places. Yep, yep. And we have found that, you know, working with shops benefits us it benefits obviously the end user the customer because you know there's a lot of things that go on doing an eight speed you know as far as quick learning and fluid fill procedures and just 
tuning in general, just they're, they're different, right? So it's not like back in the day when you took your Fox body and chucked in an AOD from the salvage yard or from JEGS or wherever and just throw it in there and go. It doesn't work like that anymore. You know, these, these have brains, they have TCMs, they have VIN numbers and calibrations. And so, you, you know, you get a customer that wanted to save some money. Well, I'm just going to get by and put a, a wrecked or a salvage transmission in my car. And now all of a sudden the CAN bus has picked up a foreign VIN and has thrown it in every module in that car. And now it's on lockdown. Right. Mm -hmm. They're like, can, can you help me? Well, I could have before you did that, but yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot going on. So we like to work with shops because it makes the experience better for the consumer, for us, for the shop. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've developed this partnership, if you will, with 72 of these shops all across the world. And, um, and yeah. actually, uh, Jeff Turk, uh, that's a recent kind of yep, venture or partnership. That's a recent adventure between he and I and um, mm -hmm. Blackbird I'm really excited. Yep. I'm really, really excited that's to super see. Super cool. Yeah. I was, I was really honored when he reached out to us for that. I was like, you want yeah. <laughs> yeah, I followed uh, Mr. Turk for a while uh, with Blackbird. Uh, we are going to have him on the show, um, oh, him cool. and Jen, Jenna, down yep. the road, uh, yep. definitely. So, yeah, it was super cool when I saw that. Yeah, great folks. And I say we're honored to be a part of that and work with them and, um, you know, be able to provide that that little part of the puzzle, you know, right. for his program. It's going to be some pretty awesome street cars he's going to turn out. So I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see you know, where this, where it leads, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the, the shops say we couldn't do this without the shops and the support, but you know, <clears throat> if you think, think of big names, I don't, I'm not going to blab everybody out there, you know, cause it's not my place, but think about the big names in the Hemi community more than likely we're building for them. Right. And, um, That's, you know, That's so amazing. We talk to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like, we have to be Switzerland, you know, because we're building transmissions for everybody. And sometimes people get upset and they may say something. It's like, look, man, you know, it's, it's all work together. You know, I'd rather yeah. work together. Yes. People, you know, because it's just, it's hard enough. It is. You know, well, trying like, to navigate in today's world with social media and everybody. You're under a microscope 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, I just find it kind of comforting when we have guys that we can reach out to and they and got talk, your back and they got our back we got their back you know it's 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 awesome there's there's a lot of great people in the hemi yeah there is there absolutely is yeah. um what's your biggest challenge for you guys at the shop you know supply chain customer supply chain, time supply chain and time would have to be i'd say supply chain more than anything um yeah still an issue is. and it's been, you know, it was really rough, obviously, when COVID hit, and mm -hmm. it really has not recovered. Um, there are some things that are pretty easy to get. There are some things that I got to buy whatever I can find and hoard it, stash it, squirrel it away, you know, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, you know, if you're building 30 a month, three months, that's 90, you know what I mean? It's just the number just keeps growing. Like, I need... I want six months to a year supply on the shelf. So if you start thinking about those numbers, it, yeah. it, it gets a little mind boggling. It's like, yeah, where am I going to find this particular part in a quantity of, you know, 200. Right. Yeah. It yeah. starts to become a challenge, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, um, if they had a, a fluid issue, what, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Month, yeah. yeah, probably about a month ago. I got my supplier called me and said, Hey, um, the boat never showed up with the fluid from Germany. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? We <laughs> like, don't have any fluid. I'm like, well, let me go in the back room and see what I've got. And literally I had like two weeks worth of fluid back there. And they didn't know when they were gonna get it out or you can out. Oh no. But we got it handled. Yeah, and did some other things and got it from other places. Paid way too much for it, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, supply and demand, right? Supply and demand. You know, um, supply chains—they're—they're they're trying for sure. Yeah, 
and sponsors. Uh, you guys are just coming off a Modern Street Hemi Shootout uh, event, Rockingham, yep. North Carolina. You've uh, sponsored some of those events. Yes. Also, Women in Wheels. Uh, we had Sophie yep. on the show. Um, yep. Anybody else? Any other events that right. you're doing that? Well, 10-0, yeah, no. too, for modern ceremonies. Yeah, so the MSHS, we sponsored the 10 class. Yep. Okay. We actually took that over from Josh. When Josh jumped the title sponsor, he called me and, and Jess and was like, hey, you guys want to jump into this? And we're like, absolutely. Right. So when he leapfrogged up, we leapfrogged in. And, um, you know, the Rockingham race is very special to us because that's our home track. Yeah. So that's, that's where, you know, I hit my first eight at Rockingham. Um, a lot of racing history there. I've been racing there since I moved here. Good Lord. 2003. So there's a lot of history there. We're very proud to be sponsors of that, the title sponsors for that race. And as long as Dan keep, will have us, I'll keep sponsoring that race. You know, awesome. It's very, mm -hmm. very near and dear to our hearts. Um, but yeah, so we got the Tenno, we've got the, the arc race at Rockingham and then we decided to jump into women and wheels because we had attended a streetcar takeover. Uh, we went to a few of them women and wheels last yep. year. And yeah. Jessica was like, this is awesome, mm -hmm. you know, and we got to know Sophie and it just kind of worked out. I was like, you know what, we need to we need to embrace this program. And so we became the sponsors of it. And it's uh we're the presenting sponsors. Yeah, we're the yeah. presenting sponsors now. I'm not quite sure what kind of return we're getting from it, but right, the series is so awesome, and Sophie works so hard. Um, you know, and she's she's still got a lot to learn. She had yeah. a little little mishap a couple weeks ago, but again, you know, we're all human. Yeah, things happen. Mm -hmm. You learn from them. You learn from right. your mistakes. Really? Um, yeah. But absolutely. The the. The premise of this series yeah. to get women involved in racing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I watch the, the glow that comes off my wife when she's racing. It just I glow with you guys, and I you know, when I come to watch, I don't even race just yeah, to be a I mean, part of it. Is is awesome. The dedication that just emanates from her, I I, I have no words for it. I just stand. I'm like, whatever you need, <laughs> whatever the hell you need, I got you. That's I'm like, good. no, don't worry about it. I got this. Especially when I'm in the track. I'm like, you know what? Just stay at the pits. I got this. No worries. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. She's come a long way in a short time with the with the racing. But um this is only my fourth year, so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the women wheels thing is uh something we just, you know, took to really quickly, you know, right. and mm -hmm. see where, where that leads us. Right. Um, we're hoping once we get in the 10 speed market that will start paying dividends for us being in that, you know, streetcar takeover scene. Right. Cause there's obviously there's a few Mopars, but there's a ton of Mustangs, ton of Camaros. Yep. And, Cadillacs. Of and Cadillacs. And yes. Cadillacs. A ton of those Cadillacs. Audis. Audis. Yep. And Audis. So, and as they were, we're just getting into the Audi market. So that may, that may, that may open, open that up for you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now uh, let's uh, let's maybe just show some of your cool shit. Um, are you guys cool making uh, fucking bracelets now? John, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, John. Before the show, she literally said, "I was trying to figure out what all these parts are. What are these bracelets?" I was like, "Oh my god, I, I have love to it. say this on the show." I love it. So why do you put oh. bracelets in the transmission, John? So you have to put bracelets. Know. The bracelets go round and round, and then a piston goes oh. not today, and it slams shut, and then it makes a gear turn in a planetary set, and then that <laughs> translates to drive shaft movement, which translates to differential movement, which translates to tire movement. And so bracelets aren't just for pretty things. Right? No, no, you got to have bracelets. You got to have a shit ton of them in an A8. I told her it was it was happening on the show. She literally said, "What are these bracelets?" bracelets? <laughs> oh, they look like bracelets. Well, do you remember, like, uh, you know, in the 80s, we had these, like, metal bracelets. Or, just kind of reminded yeah, me of yeah. like, yeah. I used to wear the crap out of them. Yeah. Um, you get one of those for every race you win, Tara. That's what yeah. Oh, <laughs> Giveaways. Okay. There you go. Hey, yeah. 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 So uh, this looks, these are, this is, you know, a trio ready to go out. Yeah, that uh, is uh, three HP95 Trackhawk transmissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that was God's truck? No, that was that was James Wall's truck. Mm. That was a uh, cousin or Uncle Jay Uncle picking up okay. transmissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. just remember Scott picked up like three transmissions. Scott picked up a nag, a ninety, and I can't get rid of it. Tina's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we uh we we have shops that uh, literally drive down, make a day trip, drive mm -hmm. down. We already have cores built. We'll swap TCMs, fill them with fluid, and back on the road. Um, yeah. We do that quite often, you know, with the local shops that are within four or five hours from us. We'll say that. Yeah. Right. And, and um, so that, yeah, that there's the crown jewel. So that is our billet e drum uh, that goes in the HP 90 and 95s. Um, that right there is basically what put us on the map and what got Z from 80s to 7s. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, Z was, Z was breaking e drums every time he went out when he was running eight O's and just could not get that car in the sevens with a stocky drum. And he reached out to me and he's like, man, I keep breaking these drums. And now, you know, he uses a paramount transmission, which, you know, Bill's obviously been in the game for many, many, many years. He didn't feel the need for a drum and that's fine. It's not for everybody, but Z wanted that drum. So we basically sold Z a drum. Z took it to Bill. Bill put it in the trans. The very next pass, he went sevens. Wow. So, yep. The rest is history. And there, yeah, basically, because when that car went sevens with the drum in, it was like, holy crap, here we go. You know, and um, I, I, I'm forever grateful for Z, you know, taking a chance on my part there. Right. Um, you know, that, that drum, that drum was a royal pain. Um, you know, little backstory on that deal. I have a, a childhood friend. His name's Howard Elliott and his younger brother, Tim Elliott. That we were like the three amigos back way back when we all lived in Delaware. And uh, our friendship stems back to like 1988. Nice. So Howard is a CNC machinist. He is a badass. He does just incredible things as far as machinists go. Mm -hmm. And hell of a talent couldn't ask for a more talented guy and a nice guy too so when we were having trouble with the drums i reached out to howard and i said man we need to we need to figure this out because we keep breaking these and we literally sat down and we looked at the stock drum and said man well that's a problem this is a problem i don't like this i don't like that we kind of round tabled it and he started making prototypes and we actually had 14 of those out in the wild nobody knew a thing and um once we had durability tests and we brought transmissions back and tore them apart and uh and figured out that that was the that was the ticket and we launched it and that thing we just we have sold the shit out of those drums it's incredible we got awesome. suncoast buys them from us they go with every single build we do gets one of those drums um it's just been an incredible journey with that as well, you know. Um, but, yeah, we, we were testing those. We never said a word. We just kept it quiet. Matter of fact, uh, the only failure we ever had on a drum, Brian Carter <laughs> broke one. Um, and it, it didn't really break. The, we had a little clearance issue on the bush, one of the bushings. And he calls me up and he goes, I think the bushing fell out. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you what do you mean the bushing fell out? He goes, I, I don't have second gear at all. <laughs> There's no bang. There was no bang. Like it didn't break. And I'm like, holy oh. shit. So once we figured out what and our error in our assembly process, once we figured that out, we have literally knock on wood have had zero failures with that drum. Um so it's yeah, and in fact, I think. 13 of the 14 prototypes are still out in service right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Oh, and a side note, Tara, check your messages real quick. There's a couple pictures you're going to love. Tina, too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you keeping it clean? Yes. No. Yeah, it is. 
no, no, you guys are those pictures of, of trannies again. Wait a minute, which kind of trannies? Uh, I can't say. Oh. Yeah. Are we drinking uh, Bud Light tonight? Uh, yeah. That's so cute. Hey, what's all this? Uh, all this important shit left over? Oh, that's just seven twenty-seven shit right there. That uh, <laughs> that's actually Rob Dawday's. Uh, no, wait a minute. Let me look at that. Nope, that was a stalker that we were doing for a customer. Carried a seven twenty-seven to us and said, hey, "This thing's broke. I need to fix it." Yep. Okay. okay. There was a TCM hanging on the wall there, though, from an A8. Yep. Right. Yep. Right by the paper towels. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I think earlier I was asking Jess, uh, I said, this looks like my brain. <laughs> oh, the separator plates. <laughs> the separator plates. The valve eyes, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that is basically fluid passage. Passages are in the valve by direct fluid from one place to the other to open and close valves to actuate hydraulic circuits in the transmission to allow gear changes. And the ZF employs a, an aluminum plate with a print-to-sealed gasket to seal off those areas uh, so that fluid doesn't transfer into the wrong chamber at the wrong time. It all had, it's all very metered, precise fluid path flow. So That's awesome. You have to replace that separator plate anytime you open a valve body. Um, if you don't, you, it will bite you in the ass. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Yes. So yes. we have to keep a lot of those in stock. <laughs> gotcha. This yep. is, a, I came across this picture and uh, it's a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so that was uh, in Texas, Houston, Houston at the uh, Legion of Demon. And that was right <laughs> after I went 827, 169 in that car. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, we weren't even we weren't even ready for that. So when Tim and I showed up to that with that car, <laughs> we uh you know we were we were like, oh you know, we'll get it in the mid eights and yeah, you know, everything'll be fine. And we we had only sprayed it with 150 shot at that point. So we were like, what the hell is going on? Like what you know, we weren't we were not expecting that. So I was a little little taken aback. <laughs> yeah. those are awesome moments though they, yeah sure. it, it really you know? yeah it's that 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 whole trip was pretty incredible you know we had a we had a really good time yeah i, think I ended up did i yeah i ended up winning uh z it was z and i in the finals and something happened gosh i can't something happened on z's end that was out of his control and he couldn't he couldn't complete the pass and I got down. I went A to B, conservative, and sometimes being conservative will get you a win, you know? Yeah. Um, it's hard taking these cars and trying to go balls out every freaking run. It's like blow the tires off, you know? Yeah. Transmission's too cold. It misses a shift. Engine yeah. oil temp's too high. You, you know, spin a bearing or, God forbid, you lift a head, which happened like this past weekend uh, the Z, unfortunately, mm, yeah. saw, saw that. And it's well, actually, it didn't lift the head, it cracked the cylinder. Yeah, mm -hmm. I saw the crack in it. Yeah, and that you know, he, he's making a lot of steam and he's asking a lot of that iron block. And I just, I just think it's he's he's ready for the next step. Nice. Yeah, because you know, his power level is just, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done the math and I'm like, dude, you're making like. 200 more than me like. yeah <laughs> i'm i'm way past my comfort zone like yeah yeah no kidding yeah um how can people get in touch with you how can uh, they reach out to you and actually i was on your website and i i couldn't get on i don't know if it's under construction or yes so is john burl john burleson is building us a new website nice um so that it we can actually have a little more order in our life right now facebook mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Okay. The, the best way to communicate with us is through email. Now, email or text. Yeah, email or text. But Gary Rudy, we've, we've actually got Gary Rudy to come on board to help us with all the messages. We probably get hit 50, 60 times a day 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. With messages. And obviously if I'm out in the build room building, you know, I got Jordan in the build room. We're both trying to hustle him more so than me these days, but we just don't have time. The time that it takes, like when I talk to a customer, I'll, I'll engage, you know, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Conversation and ask the tough questions and try to get everything ironed out. I could be on the phone for half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, for sure. Right. You know, so what we're trying to do right now is the, the inflow through Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. Gary's trying to manage all that. No, and, I have the WhatsApp. He does not. Oh, he does not. No. Okay. So IG, Facebook, okay. Gary's handling all the inflow. And, you know, if a customer is ready to pull the trigger, then they're given an email to email Jessica. Gotcha. And then I deal with emails and then phone calls, um, right. you know, yeah, but, on you know, my end. And I try to take care of everything else, like paperwork wise, yeah, bills she, paid. Like, Oh, yeah. It's a lot behind the scenes, right? A lot of admin stuff, you know. There's a question uh, to avoid the slug shifts. You got to have that transmission temperature at minimum 120 degrees, preferably 140. And don't be afraid to run that thing at 190. The thing was designed to run that hot. So, you know, a, a big misconception out there is these guys throw these cooler uh, thermostat eliminator kits on these transmissions. And the problem is, you lose about 10 to 15% line pressure when you take that restriction out of the line. So that's, it's not, that's not the answer. Um, and if it, if you insist on it being the answer, make sure your tuner understands that so he can bump the pressures up so you don't burn the transmission. Up. So just a little, little tip there. Great advice. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it, it's that restrictor in that line, that thermostat, it, it's there and the, Fluid pressure, line pressure is calculated because it's there. You take that out, now you got problems. So, okay, just, yeah, a lot of a lot of people burn stuff up. And they're like, "Well, I put it, I took the thermostat out. It should run cooler, it does, but mm. you have low, lower pressure. So now you're acting like a converter dump, and you're freaking when the converter's unlocked, it's doing wild stuff and creating a bunch of heat in a small area. Right, so, right. Not necessarily anywhere else in the transmission, just right where you don't want it right right, right. <laughs> so oh man well guys like i can't thank you enough for coming back no, on thanks. the show um i love you to death uh, really grateful to know you both and spend some time with you guys at the track uh missed the last event but uh hopefully i'll see you guys soon yeah we were talking there. the other day about trying to get up to detroit i think we're gonna go yeah yeah, yeah it's the closest right. to me yeah yeah Cause you know, we, it's uh, a good time. We, we hired, um, Rob, our tattoo, Rob, our buddy, Rob, his younger mm-hmm. brother, Gordon is now with us. So there's actually two of us building transmissions in the shop. We had to do something. I was just getting run over. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it does make, when we leave for a race, it's a lot better now because Jordan just, he's the man he, he handles it. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. the show so, goes on, right? The show goes on. Yeah. Because, we're at the race. It's just like work, you know, yeah. we're, we're yeah. taking care of customers and then trying to get our own program together. And it's, mm-hmm. it can be yeah, it's a, lot. a lot more work there than at the shop. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we hope to, uh, we'll have you back again in the future. And, uh, I Thanks, think what God. we'll do is, uh, we'll put up your promo ad for the end oh. of the show. My, oh, the, the one on uh, TC2 TV. Yeah. They play that thing so much. I, I know. I, I get phone calls like, bro, they've played that commercial like 18,000 times. <laughs> Do you want me to play it or no? It's fine. You can. That's fine. That's but, all good. Uh, thank but you yeah, guys the, so much. Yep. yep thank you guys. You and guys the website's are, coming late. soon. So we're yes. Working. Okay. That's good because yeah. I was going to ask you about that. I noticed that, but uh, fantastic. We'll have to yeah. ask girls when, but uh, it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Thank it's you so good. much. Yep. Good night, Good night guys. Good to see you. Good night. See you guys soon. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, we shall leave you with the Sipples promo, and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is John and Jess Sipple. Hey. 
owners of Simple Speed and Performance in North Carolina. We specialize in the modern Mopar transmissions. So if you have a NAG1, a ZF70, 90, 95, you own a TRX, you own a Hellcat Durango, Charger, Challenger, Hellcat, 1320 or Scat Pack, we have got your solution for transmissions. If you broke your transmission because of heavy horsepower and a lot of weight, we have the answer. We have the, some of the fastest cars in the country running our transmissions. And if you're in need, please reach out to us. We will have a solution for you. It's simple, speed, and performance.